This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistants like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Yo, what's up? This is Malia Savetz, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Pham. We want to thank you for supporting these conversations. The reason why we get to continue these discussions is because of your support. Thank you, dear nerds. Today's guest does not lack charisma, uniqueness, nerve, or talent. She's been slaying the music scene with catchy bops like Broke Boy, as she recently dropped a new single titled Love Thing featuring Young Baby Tate. We talk about growing up surrounded by music, how the music industry treats women, and she teases some details about her upcoming EP, The Flip. This is Malia Savetz. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Malia Savetz. Malia, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Where did your journey with music begin? I would have to say that my musical journey began when I lived on the big island of Hawaii as a kid. And it was a super fun childhood because it was like Eloise slash Sweet Life of Zach and Cody-esque where my parents worked in the hotel industry. And so while they were looking for a house, we lived in the hotel. So I was like the little kid who lived at the hotel and I got to feed the fish with all of the aunties who worked there. And then my parents would take me to their client dinners because I was always just like a chill little kid. And so I'd be sitting there with my coloring book. And then eventually I'd ask them to take me out of my high chair so that I could sit directly in front of the band, just like gaze and wonderment at them or like dance with the hula dancers. So there's, there's pictures of little Malia just looking up at the hula dancers and like following what they're doing. I've been wanting to perform ever since I can remember. Oh my gosh. I'm so envious of that. I've always wanted to grow up in a hotel. When I was a kid, I had a fascination with hotels and just running around (laughs) and just being free spirited. Oh my gosh. That sounds like such a fun childhood. (laughs) Uh, It was so awesome. And even eventually when we moved to Las Vegas, I had this little corner in my room and my parents were like, what are you doing in there? Because I kept printing things out and like cutting little pieces of paper and then taping them to the side of my dresser. And I made a fake elevator. (laughs) in my room because I wanted to pretend that I was still in a hotel and honestly I think my little fake elevator I had 23 floors or something so I cut out little circles with numbers on them and then I had an open and a closed door and a fire escape door and I think I also made buttons for like other crazy stuff like being able to fly or whatever so (laughs) I had a very active not scientifically possible elevator (laughs) I love that. That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. What was your ultimate dream growing up? Just to perform and sing. That's it's been such a part of me ever since I can remember just like being entranced 
by music. And especially in Hawaii, there's live music everywhere. And then moving to Las Vegas was so incredible because everybody comes through Vegas, whether it's like musicals on tour or different artists of every age range and like every genre. So I was super fortunate that my dad's friends knew that I loved music. And so they would be like, oh, does your daughter want to go see Celine Dion? And I'd be like, yes. And so I got to see some really incredible people. And I'm just so thankful for that because I used it all as a learning tool. And it was incredible. And you graduated from USC's Thorn School of Music. Would you recommend to aspiring musicians to get schooling for music? Absolutely. I think it's really where I honed my skill set. And then through that, I found my sound. Because it takes a while to figure out what exactly you want to do. And some people just know. Some people have... uh, something that they want to share with the world, something that they want to say that's very specific. And for myself, it took a long time to figure out what I wanted to say. And I think it's really important to have that kind of education behind you if you can. But I I also understand that financially it's tough. And I, I was one of those cases where I like worked two jobs while I was in school and then also had financial aid and was trying to just barely pull everything together and it worked but it was really tough because usc is not cheap and i noticed that in an interview you said that justin timberlake is an influence of yours i i love him too so how did he influence your musical career if I'm going to be honest, it's definitely going back to the InSync days. Shout them out. My roommate and I just went on YouTube a while ago and we found the, I think it was part of the No Strings Attached tour when they played Madison Square Garden and it was the HBO special. And oh my gosh, everything just from the dance moves to like the R&B vocal influence. I, I, I love it all. <laughs> I love it too. I actually got to see him on the Man of the Woods tour and it was just mind blowing. He delivers a show. You are like, my ticket was worth it. You're like, yes, this is what I came here for. He is a showman a hundred percent. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to forget this night. He is just an impeccable performer. Absolutely. I saw him on the 2020 experience tour and just everything, the swag that he has is full, is just so undeniable. And the way that he effortlessly flows in between like sitting down at the piano and playing a song and then getting up and slaying some dance moves. It's just, it all feels effortless and his vocals are spot on. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I can see actually a little bit of his swag in you. So let's talk about your music. <laughs> and you. I don't Yeah, I adore your song, uh, Broke Boy. Talk to me about the story behind that song. So it was, uh, we wrote it during a writing camp that we were holding for my project. And so it was two whole weeks, just having a studio all to ourselves. We had two separate rooms going at the same time. So I would run from room to room and a little bit of time co-writing one song and then spend a little bit of time co-writing the other song. And generally we'd have somebody in both rooms who had worked with me before so they'd know okay cool this is how her brain works this is how her musical stylings works and then I'd come in and be like either yay or nay and then we'd keep working and so the way that Broke Boy happened is that we wrote one song that was honestly like mediocre (laughs) so we finished it and we were like 
that wasn't it. And so we got, I think we wrote half of it and then we were like, you know what, let's just try something new. Let's see if something else works. And the producer JR started playing the piano part that you hear in the song. And we were like, oh, that, whatever that is, let's do that, please. And so we, it had like a classic feel to it. And so we were messing around with concepts and then my incredible, I call like call him, he was one of the co-writers, but he's one of my musical dads, um, Jay Cash. So he and Roscoe and signed me as an artist and they've taught me everything that I know. And so he just looked off into the corner and was like, what about Broke Boy? But being like, I love my Broke Boy. And then I took that and ran with it because I, I never really liked the idea of I'll only be with you if you have money that just never sat well with me. And so I was like, okay, let's just flip that and do the other version being like, I don't care how much money you have. Are you a hard worker? Do you have dreams? And are you a good person? Let's go. Yes. Yes. It's giving me like JLo love don't cost a thing vibes. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) What has making Warner Records your musical home been like? I love Warner and I'm proud of the fact pretty much my entire team is a diverse group of badass women. And so seeing that many women succeed in music is just so important to me and such a special cause for my heart and also what I'm trying to do with music. So it feels really nice being uplifted by all of these incredible women's of women's lol all of these incredible women of various racial backgrounds and totally like spanning the age range like we we have just about everybody on my team and they're all so inspiring and i really feel so lucky that i get to work with them so you touched on it but i want to ask you like from your perspective how does the music industry treat women? Because I know that there's so many stories out there how there definitely can be more equality out there. And yeah, how have you seen the music industry treat women? I, I think I've, I have been very lucky just in the people that I've worked with who have always been very aware that the music industry treats women poorly. And so the, the guys, especially Ross and Jay Cash, have not necessarily gone out of their way, but they've really worked to make me feel comfortable. And especially given like art and how I want to dress and all of that. They're like, we're like 35 year old dudes. We're not going to tell you what to wear. We're not going to tell you how to look, do whatever you want to do because we don't want to put that on you. And so I feel very lucky that I have them in my corner, but I also know that's not the case for everybody. And it's definitely getting better, but it's still something that needs to be fought for, especially just women being heard. I think that's really important. And like being able to have a strong point of view and not be considered a bitch. But yeah, I think it's definitely gotten a lot better. And I'm, I'm really proud of the men in the music industry who have used their privilege to speak up for the women who aren't heard. But as always, we, we still have a way to go. Oh, definitely. And and it's admiring artists like yourself who are so powerful and authentic and unapologetically you, because I think we need more of that in the industry. We definitely have our role models like Taylor Swift or Beyonce, but we definitely love seeing artists just being who they are and like using their platform just to celebrate. Yes, I'm a woman, but I can express myself however I want to. Exactly. And I think that's, it's such an important thing 
to fight for. And now as we're growing as a society, realizing that just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you have to be characteristically feminine. And like that every person has different elements of masculinity, femininity, or none of the above, whether you're non-binary or however you choose to identify that we're all so different and those differences need to be celebrated. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You have an EP coming out in the fall. What are you most excited about release? Yes. What are you most excited about releasing this EP? So it's so funny when you were just describing me, you, you said that I was unapologetic and there's this song on the EP called unapologetic (laughs) that I wrote. It's literally just like, I'm going to do me. I'm unapologetic. I hope that's cool. (laughs) And so you tipped it off right there, but I'm really excited about that song because I wrote it in London, I think two years ago. And I I played it for one of my best friends and he was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like you in song form. And so that was such a compliment. And I I really respect his musical opinion and he knows me very well. So I'm, I'm super excited for that one. I really got to go in on the harmonies, which are my favorite part about the recording process. (laughs) So we we really went in and I just kept adding more parts and more parts and the producers were looking at me like, what are you doing? Are we making a pop song? These chords are getting a little weird. And I was like, just trust me, it's going to sound good when we're done with it. And so I'm super excited for everyone to hear that one. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a record and an anthem that we need. We need more of those like power anthems and we need more things like that because I think as a society, like there's so many things where people feel like they have to compare themselves to other people or they're just very insecure, uh, like not insecure, but like they find it hard to embrace their whole selves. And I, I feel like we need an anthem to say, hey, it's okay to be who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important given especially given the state of the world like you you've only got yourself and so you you need to make sure that you love yourself and you're in a good state of mind so that you can be able to help others I love how in your bio it says that you're self-positive body positive and sex positive how do you define positivity in those areas god it's like core to my being so it's almost hard to even describe But just generally being positive is my jam because the aforementioned world sucks a lot of the time. I feel like it's really important to put positivity out there, whether it's like smiling to somebody on the street, hard, much harder to do with masks now, but just like being kind to others and paying it forward because it really can make the world a better place. I know that sounds totally cheesy, but I think it's really important. And especially for people's mental health, doing good for others also helps your own mental health. And as far as like sex positivity, like as women, we haven't been allowed to be positive about sex. And it's been really interesting to watch the reaction to WAP, the Cardi B and Mega Stallion song. And just, of course, the internet's going to fight about it. But it's one of those things where it's like, as women, we're fighting for the right to be able to talk about that or not. If you're not that sexual and you don't want to live that life, that's cool. You don't have to, but we're fighting for the right to be able to in the same way that men can and not, and not be called whores and sluts just because we like to have sex, which is like a natural thing. Like humans are literally made to have sex. Otherwise the species wouldn't continue. So nobody should be shamed for something that is an animal instinct. 
yes, 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 I love that, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and re-body re positivity, like, I've always been a thick girl ever since I was little, and so just learning how to love yourself at whatever size you are, but also being realistic about your own health and being truthful with your mental health because that affects your physical health as well. And so making sure that you eat well and you exercise and because that just helps everything. It helps your body. It helps your mind. And again, it makes you the best version of yourself so that you can go into the world and, and help others. And one of, one of my favorite quotes is what RuPaul says at the end of every episode of a drag race. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Right. So, yes. That's life motto right there. <laughs> I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Just had to say that I adore uh, that show. <laughs> I just finished the latest season of All Stars, and man, Shay is woo! Wow, I love case. Shay. Oh, love <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> the music industry is a tough business. What advice would you give to a newcomer artist to remain persistent in their musical pursuits? Oh, there's so many things that come to mind, but I think the most important thing is to approach everything with kindness because it is a tough industry and I I try to remember to thank the people on my team as much as possible because I know how much work they do for me and how much they do to protect me and my interests and my values and so if you approach everything with kindness then people will want to work with you so it's really just as simple as being nice to people and then it just makes your life that much easier because the business can be shitty. But if you have people around you who have your back and who you trust and respect so that when they say, no, I like, I hear what you're saying, but I think we should go this direction. You trust them enough to go, okay, I agree with you. And then they'll do the same for you. I, I think that is something that needs to be one of the first steps you take in the industry is to find your team that you oh, trust. Absolutely. It's, find your people. Yeah. Find your people. It is so hard because you, you don't know if anybody has an ulterior motive. You don't know what they're true, if they want to take advantage of you or not. And just finding people that you can trust and that you are, hey, we can collaborate even if we have differences of opinion. I trust your opinion to make mm -hmm. me a better artist or whatever. Finding good people is, I think, is a good launching point to longevity. Absolutely. So during college, I interned at Barry Manilow's Entertainment Management Company. And I started working there because I actually sang with Barry and his show in Vegas. And so he was a homie and knew that I needed a job when I got to LA. And so I became the marketing intern at Stiletto Entertainment. And I was the marketing intern, but if they didn't need me in marketing, they just passed me around to whoever. So I worked in like the cruise ship department and helped out TV. And so it was really special for me. And I think one of the most beautiful things that I learned there was how important it is to build that team of people because everybody that Barry surrounded himself with was an incredible person. And they all got along. There was no bullshit. There was no drama. And that, it just really reinforced how important that is to build a team of people that you can trust because you're going to be with them for the long haul. And if you're on tour, you're around each other 24-7. So you better who you're with because that's honestly the most important thing so that everything can go smoothly. My final question to you is what would the title of your self-help book be? Oh, so I've always 
wondered like if I were to have an autobiography, what it would be called. And for the longest time, I've always said it would be called The Importance of Being Silly. And I think if it was a self-help book, it would probably be that as well. Just because that's one of those things I, I feel like in adulthood, people lose their childish curiosity and ability to just play in an imaginative, an imaginative world. And there's something really beautiful about that. And some people might see it as naive, but I think there's something beautiful in the ability to take yourself out of whatever is happening in the world and find joy. And so the importance of being silly is definitely the title of my book. Like I love an accent or two. Like whenever I'm recording, for some reason, I always speak into a British accent when I'm talking to Mike or like some like Bob's Burgers, Linda Belcher-esque New york moment. Like you truly never know what you're going to get. And I think it's just really important to let yourself be ridiculous because it's fun. It is fun. And I think that's a good message. I, I feel like we shouldn't be, as a society, we shouldn't be criticized for having Peter Pan syndrome. I feel like we should embrace mm-hmm. our inner child and keep Absolutely. that youthful spirit. Yeah, keep that youthful spirit alive because life can get serious, but it's balancing out the seriousness with being lighthearted and, and embracing your wonderment like you had as a kid. Exactly. And finding those moments uh, where you can laugh at stuff. Because, you know, sometimes you go through really hard moments and if you can find a way to laugh through it and joke through it, it helps so much. And so I really appreciate like comedy and incredible comedians and thank them for bringing us laughter, even though they get criticized for the things they say all the time. But I, I just am so grateful for their gift. Before we wrap up, want to turn the floor over to you and you can let people know your social media handles, where they can find your music, and just to plug anything you want to plug coming out. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Thank you so much. So you can follow me on all of the social medias at Malia from Vegas. That's Malia, like Maria, but with an L, and then from Vegas. We'll have new music coming out. Very excited. And it's my very first song with a feature. I'm so excited we got Young Baby Tate to feature on this. She's incredible. It's called Love Thing. So that will have just come out. I'm super stoked. I just got uh, a version of the lyric video today. And we used Thomas Dutton, who also did my lyric video for Disrespectful. And I'm obsessed with his work. Like he's just so genius, so creative. So go check that out and then listen for my EP in a couple months. Ooh. Malia, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was such a heartwarming chat and I loved getting to know you and your story in music. Thank you so much. So nice to talk to you. Special thanks to Malia for being today's guest. I really like what she had to say about finding the right team to surround yourself with. It's easy in this industry to get involved with people who don't have your best interests at heart. So it's very important early on that you find the right team that will support your endeavors. To learn more about Malia, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is a two-man operation, rather I should say two-women operation. It is executive produced by Steph Pham and V. Co. V. Co. serves as the show's creative director and Steph Pham is the show's host and editor. You can find us on social media at Popner Lounge. For an easy, convenient hub of everything Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week. Tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm Steph Pham.